All right, guys, welcome back to another Smack Talk Live. We're bringing Tony Colombo back because of Freebird rules. We go any way we want. Tony, what's going on, buddy? Hey, what's happening, Dennis? Glad to be here. Glad to be talking to you again about professional wrestling. And I am glad that we have this uh, new idea. We're going to be presenting several different shows here on our podcast. Of course, we've been doing the tens, which is our version of the countdown show. We will be doing our review shows where we review uh, episodes of Raw and SmackDown and the pay-per-views and all that sort of stuff. But I think it's important, and I think you agree with me, that from time to time, we just need to check in on the state of wrestling, where you and I just get a chance to not necessarily have to focus on something that just happened that week or focus on a particular topic and stay on that topic through the, through the duration of of that episode, something where we can just talk about where we think the general state of the WWE is at this point in time. So this is the first one of these. It's the State of Wrestling, December 2016. And uh, let's get started on, let's let's start like this, if you, if you don't mind. I would like for you to tell me if you had to grade the two shows right now on an ABCD F scale, and you could use uh, pluses and minuses if you want to. How would you grade Raw? How would you grade SmackDown? And how would you grade the overall uh, WWE product at this time? Uh, you know, I still think Raw is the lead show, at least as far as quality and, and talent-wise. Uh, and we saw that from the draft when they got the extra picks and all that stuff, and I would probably grade it a B minus, a B minus for uh, for Raw for SmackDown. Man, it's tough. I would I would give it a a a C at this point, and I'm being very hard on my grading. Uh, I think a lot of it comes to the oversaturation of pay per views that we're going to see. I I hate that idea of splitting the pay-per-views up. I think there's, you know, enough talent that if you turned the pre-show and the dark matches and the pre-shows into actual pay-per-view, you could fit everything you need into one pay-per-view. And I don't like the fact that they're splitting pay-per-views up like that. Would so then how would you rate... Are you the, yeah, oh yeah. How would you rate, what would you put as the overall grade of the WWE right now then? Um, to me, I the overall grade, if I were to take the pay-per-view, that my, my biggest issue, the pay-per-view out of the equation, I would rate it a lot higher than both the brands uh, separate. I would probably give it a, an A. I, I really think overall it's good. Really? I see. I think overall it's good. I like where a lot of the storylines are going, a lot of the major ones, and I just don't like the the, the B storylines in the oversaturation of pay per views. I think, you know, the Survivor Series seemed a little rushed, and just like, all right, we'll throw these guys together. You know, if they really did it, I've lobbied for years. I want to see it back on Thanksgiving night. 
and I want to see it classic where all of the survivors from the matches do the uh, the Elimination Royal Rumble match essentially at the end of the night that they used to do. I, I miss that kind of Royal Rumble. I, I, I agree with you completely, uh, particularly on the Survivor Series. I wish that they would just make it a Survivor Series. Uh, what they talk about the Survivor Series has lost its luster because those four-on-four four or five-on-five five tag matches don't mean anything anymore. It's so easy to make them mean something. It's so easy, especially now with the two brands, it's so easy to do exactly what they did this year and say the brand that wins two of the three matches gets X, you know, and put stipulations and rewards and punishments on the line for how good you do. And you could make, you could make individual awards. So whoever are the sole survivors um, of a particular team, you know, they get, whether it be championship um, opportunities or, you know, opportunities to be later in the Royal Rumble. Uh, maybe the, you know, there's, I, there's all kinds of different things that you could do with the Survivor Series. I am not as much of a fan of the overall product right now as you are. And I also am opposite of you on which show I think is better. If I were to grade them, yeah, if I were to grade them, I would give Raw probably a C, maybe a C minus, and I would give SmackDown a solid B. And it's not talent, because obviously Raw has the better talent. They have more to work with. They have bigger names for the most part, at least a a bigger number of bigger names. But I think the way that SmackDown tells their stories, the way that, the way that SmackDown shoots their angles makes it a better show than Raw. I, I very often when Raw ends, I just am am scratching my head or I'm, frustrated about something and usually the when when smackdown ends the only frustrations i have with smackdown is they don't have enough to work with but i don't hold that against them because that's not their fault so usually the things that i don't like about smackdown are out of their control and they're doing really well with the things that they have and it's exactly the opposite for raw i feel like they have all of these tools all of this great talent to work with and they do not do a good job with it. Here's here's my issue with SmackDown. It, right now, right this second, James Ellsworth. Why <laughs> is he still a thing? I am sorry. I can't argue with I can't argue with that. I I okay, three flukes and all of a sudden he's in a championship match. Now look, none of us believe he has a shot at winning. But another championship match yeah didn't he wasn't he already in a championship match yeah but then they they canceled it because you know aj has the foot injury and you know they're pushing it off for another week or something whatever the the 
the right. Ellsworth thing went a little too long. I, I mean, when he came out and was like the mascot, I thought that was cute yeah. holding Braun Strowman's leg and getting destroyed. I, I was hoping that was the end of him. You and I are a little bit opposite. You are a you're a dirt sheet guy. I am not. I don't I, I love to be surprised. That's that's something I've worked really hard at at trying to stay surprised on different angles. But when I saw that he signed like a, a legitimate contract, I, I was just what are they gonna do with him after this? Because to me, he's he's not a legitimate anything in in maybe an indie guy, but to be elevated right now into this angle just is a head scratcher for me. Uh, I, I I don't disagree with you on the James Ellsworth stuff. Um, I, I think a lot of it boils down to what I was just talking about. I think that they don't have very much to work with. They found something, and this is typical WWE. They found something that worked, and then they decided to milk it until it was too until it was not even compelling anymore they just felt they just ride the horse too long i think and they do that all the time here's an example so that's a great example of why i understand why you would be frustrated with smackdown here's an example of why i'm frustrated with raw the women's division the women's division on the women's division on smackdown has less people and less time and there are several secondary storylines legitimate storylines that other women are involved in. Sasha Banks and Charlotte have been great and their matches have been amazing, but I don't care about them anymore because it's, it's the entire division. It's all you get every week. You have great performers like Nia Jax. What a great character. She's it's a crapshoot on whether or not she's even on raw She's missed more Raws lately than she's been on. Bailey is another perfect example. And I, Emma, where is Emma? How long does the transformation of Emma to Emmalina take? Apparently it takes a year because <laughs> it's been forever. We keep seeing these vignettes. Where is she? Where's Summer Rae? Where's Alicia Fox? Where are all these other women female wrestlers? And where are any any secondary storylines. I, I just, I get frustrated when they have all these great tools in the toolbox. And yet we just have to keep putting Sasha and Charlotte in every main event and every gimmick match at every pay-per-view. So we can keep on saying they set history. Oh, we're setting history again. We're making history again. Every, every month we're making history again with these two. And, the match would be good, but it, I feel bad because I don't even care anymore. That that match on Raw, the last one, when, she, when, when Sasha won the title in the Falls Count Anywhere no disqualification match mm -hmm. with the bank statement on the steps, that, was that match cool. was amazing. I, I fast-forwarded through probably 80% of it because I just didn't care. I just wanted to see who won. I, then I kind of went back and watched it because I realized it was cool, but – I just didn't care anymore. And I feel like they do that. They, they just screw up. They, they jump the gun on so many things. They don't let, they don't let, they don't let, uh, feuds build. 
They don't let things develop naturally. They jump to the payoff so quickly. And then when something works, they jump to the payoff and then they just ride the horse forever. And I feel like they do that way more on Raw. Now, you give a great example of when they do it on SmackDown with James Ellsworth, because I can't, I'm not going to defend that. But I just feel like that is, that that's the exception on SmackDown, and it's the rule on Raw. Here's here's my other issue, and this is clear, just a booking issue in, in opinion and in preference for me. I have an issue with turning with giving Bray Wyatt the, the tag team championship belts. And hear me out before you jump in. I think <laughs> I think the root of his character should be he doesn't care if he wins or loses, and he doesn't care about the gold unless he knows it hurts you to take it. Like, when I think of Rhino and, and that tag team, I go, all right. But I think, you know, I a Bray Wyatt would just beat them down, and he wouldn't care about taking their tag team belts. A Bray Wyatt, I would love to have seen Bray Wyatt come within inches of winning the championship, but not win it on purpose just to prove he doesn't care about winning a championship. Obviously, they're not interested in giving him, so build that character to, I don't care about the championships. You guys may care about the goal, but this is who I am, and if I want that championship, I'm only taking it to hurt you, not because I care about it. And and to give him the goal... Uh, at least the tag team champion gold, I really think that becomes counter of the character he's trying to build. Well, first of all, that belt is silver, not gold. Yeah, so it doesn't it's blue. Anything. It's blue. <laughs> um, and I think I would have agreed with you a year ago. I think I would have agreed with you completely a year ago. But right now, where we're at right now, the Bray Wyatt character, to me, needs so much re- rehabilitation that I don't mind that they have decided to put some a championship on him. What I'm afraid of is that he's supposed to be he's supposed to be a god, and he never wins a match. Now he's supposed to be a god, and he's going to get the most obvious swerve job the most telegraphed turn ever when randy orton finally turns on him and tries to break up the wyatt family from the inside unless bray wyatt stops it and comes out on top now then that would be i would be fine with that but right now bray wyatt bray wyatt's win loss record is just crap especially in big matches and especially on pay-per-view so, uh, while I agree his character probably should be, I don't care about titles. I'm just here to destroy people, ruin lives, and wreak havoc. You can't do that when you are a loser. And he has been a loser for a while now. And so, if this is the way they're going to rehabilitate his character, then I'm okay with it. You know. I, I kind of am going to disagree about this most obvious swerve job because at first I thought the same thing. All right, here it comes. It's it, you know, it, it's it's another one of those things where you put the fourth guy with the shield or the you know the next guy with the Wyatts and he's going to turn because he doesn't want to be there or John Cena and Nexus kind of thing. 
to to me, mm-hmm. I think maybe this was telegraph, not telegraph, but a match made in heaven because even many many years ago, even before Bray Wyatt was a wrestler, where you had Randy Orton's voices in the head theme song, where it kind of beat beat into you. Maybe he was is a little unstable, uh, and I liked that that this is a a match made up, and I think that even maybe that it could end amicable, not that it would. Like, I, I think these two fighting each other would be phenomenal, but I don't, I, I think you could almost see, you could see a, uh, him starting to come to embrace letting him and then saying, it's time we, we face each other or something like that. Not like, hi, I swerved you all. I'm going to break it up. And now I'm Randy Orton, the Viper again. I, I, I think there's a way that you can let him go without having him tear the Wyatts. I, I think there is too, but do you think that that's what they're going to do? But it's SmackDown. I don't it's, trust WWE to do that. Maybe not, but do you trust SmackDown into doing it the right way? Trust who? I trust SmackDown to do yeah. it the right way. I trust SmackDown more than I trust Raw to do it, but I don't really – I don't know that I trust either one of them. But – if they can at least let this build for a while, if they can at least let this simmer, they can give Bray Wyatt, even with Randy Orton, some big wins and a winning streak. Then even if in the end I wouldn't like it, I think I think in the end Bray Wyatt needs to come out on top of this. But even if he doesn't, if he's at least had several months of being dominant and on top, at least at the end of all this, he'll have come out better than he went in. See, uh, let me ask you this: Do you think they're going to use the? Are you think they're going to use the Freebird rule with the Wyatt family like they have with New Day? Well, they already came out and said that they enacted it. Uh, I don't know if it was hit television yet, but it was all over the WWE network and the uh, WWE website. So, yes. And I think that's a mistake having two teams using the freeboard rule. Well, it's a way. Yep. It's a way for them to. It's a way for them to get the titles off of them without getting Bray or Randy beat. That's the only. That's the reason why they're leaving that open. Because you know that when they finally do lose the titles, it's going to be at the expense of Luke Harper. Because you're not going to let Bray or, or Randy take the a, a pin or or a submission. I mean, you you could let Bray. They've not been shy about letting Bray take a loss, and you know, I just I I wish that that's for sure. I I wish that if he was going to take a loss, it'd be his way because I would love, like I said, I'd love to see him come close to winning, and just pop out and take a count out and walk away, just beat someone down and prove, but show that he doesn't care about winning. I think that would be a way of putting both guys over of, well, Blank still gets to keep the belt, but Bray now has a win. And now Bray's reestablishing a character because it's he builds up this amazing momentum. And then just when you think he's red hot, they feed him to the rock. And trust me, I there for anybody, I I heard someone say somewhere you know, wow, Bray Wyatt's really getting jobbed over. And then someone kind of brought the light of, well, look at the last couple of WrestleManias of who he was in the ring with and when. 
boy, if he's being a jobber, they're really jobbing him to some high-quality guys. And I, 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 I hate that I agree with it and I understand it from a standpoint of, hey, as a performer, that's whether you win or lose, you want to be in that moment. But character-driven-wise... Man, I just would love to see him lose matches his way. And I would start buying back in on that character. Yeah, I, 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 I think wins and losses do matter at some point. They don't matter as much, you know, in professional wrestling as they do in anything else. But even if he's in the ring with these big names, he can't just keep on losing over and over again. And if he, if he, if he gets on, if this at least gets him on a winning streak or gets him some big wins and he looks really strong and powerful for a while. I think at the end of the day, he'll be better off for it. Here's, I want to uh, uh, switch gears here for, um, if we could, yeah. just to continue sort of this comparison, comparison of raw and SmackDown. Another reason that I think SmackDown is better right now, at just as far as uh, the better show, the more compelling show to watch, uh, the better overall just wrestling show as far as storytelling. And I think even matches in the in, in ring performances are to me one of the easiest ways to to I don't, I don't mean to say it this way, but you know it's not a competition, but to prove my point is just to look at the champions. Look at how look at AJ Styles. And look at the matches he's put on, aside from James Ellsworth and the silliness with that. When he's been in a match with a real competitor in pay-per-views or on SmackDown, and the way he's been booked, how good he's looked, and then put that up against the way that they have booked Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens should be a awesome universal champion. A dominant fight Owens fight, vicious heel, and he's he's less important than Chris Jericho. He's re, he's less important than Chris Jericho's list. He's less important than Roman Reigns. He's less important than Seth Rollins. He's less important than Triple H. He's way down the list when it comes to if there was a power ranking of wrestlers on Raw he would be near the bottom of the top 10 and AJ Styles is undoubtedly the number one guy on his show. So if you have your two champions and you set them next to each other, again, it just, I think it, I think that right there really highlights the difference in the way that raw is presented and the way that SmackDown is presented. And some people, you know, I, I, I understand that some people may prefer that raw, presentation but as a wrestling fan i'm not I'm not questioning your wrestling fandom <laughs> but i just feel like is the, the the wrestling fan that i am that i that smack that's a perfect example of why smackdown does it better than raw what do you think i'd love to hear what you think about that i i disagree and agree uh aj styles is by far the number one guy maybe even in the company right now uh I, I don't care who the champion is on Raw. I think AJ just puts on a better show, a better match right now. And as far as character development, he's red hot. Uh, 
Now, to go back to SmackDown or the Raw, there's a lot of unanswered questions that they haven't answered for me. You know, if they moved along the Triple H thing, I would have been way more happier than Triple H shows up, hands it to Raw or to uh, Owens, and then disappears again, and no one ever knows why. To me, that's a yeah, head scratcher. I, I didn't mind the way that he did it. I didn't mind him coming in and handing the title to KO. In fact, I thought that was awesome. I loved that episode. It just, but the fact that they've done nothing to follow up on it is uh, it's shocking. Unbelievable. It's it's, it's, it's shocking. And that's what I and that's what I mean when I say how frustrated I am with Raw. It is shocking that they are not that they don't realize that they can't just do that. Even if you don't even if for some unseen reason maybe you maybe you were gonna follow up on it, but for some reason Triple H was unable to be on television for a couple of months and so they couldn't finish the storyline the way that they wanted to. You still have to address it. You have Stephanie address it if you have to. Have have Mick Foley address it if you have to. Have the announcers address it if they have to. You have to do something. You can't just leave it out there. This you could leave it out there for a while and keep people scratching their heads, and then have him show back up and explain why it was you know or or you know ex- either explain why or with his actions show why he did it the way he did. But I don't see any way now for him to come back and explain for explain what happened and why he did it and for it to make sense that it took months and months and months for him to make an appearance. If I was – I just think that they – go ahead. I, if I was booking right now and, and I did not have for whatever the reason uh, Triple H and maybe I had him again now. The way I would pay this off would be not splitting up the Jericho Owens friendship yet. I, not even showing cracks. I would have it going strong. But then I would have Triple H come out, destroy Chris Jericho, look at Owens and say, Do you still want to be the champion or not? Stop and let's go. You know, something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and, I like then, that. and then you might build from there. Like okay, now you now you have the Owens turn on Jericho without really actually turning on him, and you can split away from that silliness and let Jericho go do his thing. You know, I I I don't know why they waited either so long or or they're splitting the friendship up now. That's once again a head scratcher. I thought that was a great gimmick. If you're not booking Owens as a strong champion. At least make them an entertaining one, and they were certainly doing that with the list mm-hmm. and all that stuff. I, I, but then they booked them even they were, week. Yeah. But it's been a while since it's been entertaining. It's been weeks now that since it was really good. And if the only way in my mind that they could save this at this point is if Jericho and KO are swerving everybody again, if it's if they are looking like they're breaking up. But then, right when it, at the moment that it counts, you know they one or the other saves the other one, and it keeps it going. But I, I, I do not have the faith in the WWE that that is what they're doing. I think they've broken them up, and they didn't need to. They should have this feud, this team should have stayed together until WrestleMania. Yes. They should be together for, and this is, goes back to my point 
of not building stories, not keeping what like you know everybody always points to what they did with Daniel Bryan, but it's so true that they, Daniel Bryan's story went on for months, for almost a year before he finally had his moment in the sun at WrestleMania. Now it's like it. It's like everything that you think is going to happen happens, but it happens two months earlier than it should. I don't know what the hurry is, but it just it just ruins everything, in my opinion. So unless they are not broken up, I, I do not like it all the way that they just these two just suddenly if you were if you went on vacation for two weeks if, or if you missed raw for two weeks and you got behind. You you would turn it on now and go what like like was it you, why wasn't it at least a slow breakup where there's they're showing cracks and things are not going their way and and then then it finally blows up instead they just pop boom done they're broke up and and I hate that yeah you know I I didn't like the way Owens cost Jericho the was it the United States Championship. I would love to have seen U.S. title. Yeah, I would love to have seen Jericho hold it. I think Jericho need, mm-hmm. needs a belt now. I don't know how. Like I said, I I don't know. I'm not super diehard wrestling guy where I know all the contracts and who's coming and going. I I and this is how I choose to be. And then I, I I've got no problems, but. How long is Jericho going to be around for? Because the last I heard, wasn't he done at the in the new year, and he's going to tour again? And you know that's that's what they say, but I don't know that they've ever given a timeline. And earlier, how you said, uh, you know, I'm a dirt sheet guy, so I know more about what's happening behind the scenes. Let me tell you about the dirt sheets. They're wrong as much as they're right. So <laughs> I don't have usually any more idea what's happening than you do. Because they get it wrong so often that you can't you can't count on anything that they say. Um, but yeah, they've been saying that that Jericho's got a new album with Fozzie, or they're either have it or they're about to release it, and then he's going to go on tour for that new album. But you know, you hear that he's done after Survivor Series. You hear he's done after Royal Rumble. You hear he's done and he's there until Mania. You know, you just it changes so often. So I don't know when he's going to be there. He seems, it seems to be, I mean, he's still in the story now. He's still in the main event story on your flagship show right now. So as long as he's there, I don't see any reason to rush things the way that they are, right? The way that they are rushing them right now. And I'm glad you brought up the U.S. title match, and I'm glad you brought up the U.S. championship, because that would be my next point on why I like SmackDown better than Raw, because we just did the champions. Now look at the secondary champions. As much as everybody hates The Miz, most of The Miz's heat is the right kind of heat. He is compelling. You want to watch him because you want to see him get his ass kicked every week. Forgive my language, but you want to see him get his butt kicked every week and when you watch Roman Reigns, you're just, if you're like me at least, you're just sick of it. You're sick of the Superman. He can't be beaten. That combination of Owen's super kick into a code breaker, that should beat anyone. 
Yes. And and it doesn't beat Roman Reigns. Nothing beats Roman Reigns. So if you look at the champions, I feel like the championship situation is much stronger. The main championship situation is much stronger on SmackDown than it is on Raw. And I feel like the secondary championship, the Intercontinental Championship, has meant everything for the last several months on SmackDown. It has been booked extremely strong. Dolph Ziggler willing to call it a career Uh. if he can't win the Intercontinental Championship. The U.S. Championship is nothing. It's, It's window dressing. It's decoration for Roman Reigns because Roman Reigns has to have a title because he's Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is stronger. The U.S. champion on Raw is way stronger, booked stronger than the Universal champion, than the main champion on Raw. And again, to me, a glaring problem and a glaring problem that Raw needs to fix and doesn't show any sign of fixing. All right. So I will once again agree and disagree. I All right. To me, your your complaint of having Charlotte and uh, and and what's her name wrestle each other every week getting old. That's the same thing for me Sa- with Miz Sasha Banks and Sasha Banks. That's the same feeling I have with the Miz and and Dolph Ziggler. I am so done. Ziggler? Yeah, I'm so done with Dolph. I think Dolph is an amazing seller. I think he's a great talent, but he just doesn't have it. And I'm okay with saying that. In but the, here's the thing. Here's the thing on that. I, I agree with you, but that that feud is over. That feud is over as of right now. Sasha Charlotte is not over. And Sasha and Sasha, Sasha Charlotte started before and it, before Ms. Dolph and is going to last longer than Ms. Dolph and doesn't appear to be going anywhere. So I agree with you. I totally agree with you that Dolph Ziggler and The Miz went probably a pay-per-view or two too far. It should have been Ziggler versus Zayn at at uh, uh, Survivor Series. They shouldn't have hot-shotted the title back and forth like they did. But all the mistakes that they have made, all the negatives in The Miz-Ziggler feud are the same mistakes – that they've made in the Banks Charlotte Flair feud, except Charlotte and Sasha have done them more. The, the same mistakes times two. That the way that I look at it. Uh, uh, yeah. Your thoughts. Okay. So to to cap off the missing, I want Miz to be the greatest intercontinental champion ever. I do, because I I think there's I'm a diehard Jericho guy. Uh, you know, people don't really know a lot of our background, and we'll probably do this towards the end of the podcast to kind of talk about who we like, who are favorites, and all that stuff. But I am, I'm, I'm, I'm a slappy for Chris Jericho. Always have been, and they call Chris Jericho one of the best Intercontinental Champions ever. I think right now Miz is doing way better with this work with SmackDown Live. And all that stuff really pushing his character forward. I love it. I, I, I understand, and I might be wrong on this philosophy of what they're trying to do. They're trying to, in my mind, 
for Sasha and Charlotte, they're trying to, in my mind, build that up to be Piper Hogan. You know, if they bring back, if they put the women in the elimination chamber, those two will be highlighting it. These two will be feuding off and on for the next five to seven years. And I'm okay if you do it in moderation. I'm, I kind of agree with you. Like, it, it's so new. They're, they're, they're driving this into the ground that when they split it up and bring it back, it might not get the same feeling as to if they end it now and, and come back in a year or so. Although Haven't they said, haven't they even said it's over? That this is the last match. Haven't they done that like twice? Yeah. This is the last match, and then now they're going to fight again. Although, I'll say this. So, it's, I'll, I'll, it's like, come on. And, I'll, I'll say and this. It's not like they don't have other people sitting there. It's not like they don't have other talents that is on that level. But right there, ready to go. Bailey is on that level, and she, she she's just uh, nothing. Emma is a very good hand. She's not on that level. But she's good enough to get involved in that stuff, you know, to, to moonlight in the main event scene from time to time. Nia Jax probably has some some holes in her game, but we haven't seen those yet. She's right now being booked as the big dominant monster. But the she's only she's the big dominant monster that only shows up about a third of the time. So when she's there, she all she wants to do is kick everybody's butt and prove that she's this unstoppable beast. But she's she's there so little of the time that it's just an after, afterthought. I, I'll, Didn't, I I'm sorry, I shouldn't have cut you off. Go, no, no, finish your right. thought. I'm sorry, but I, I'll say this: I was generally surprised at the end of Raw the other week when she came out, Charlotte, and begging for her dad to come out because she wanted to apologize and say sorry. I, I don't know if you saw the end. On how that it was great. I was sold. I did not even see. It was great. I I didn't see the turn coming, so I'm still a little surprised. And they still haven't milked it totally dry. But to to echo your opinion and my thoughts on the Roman Reigns situation, I think put him back together so fast with Seth Rollins right now is a mistake. I, I don't think they need to be back-to-back in the same ring tag team and, unless you're putting the whole shield back together. you key. To me, it, you can't put two and not the third guy. and it, it's, it's heartbreaking to watch. I don't think they're going to have the same magic if they ever get the three of them back together again. Um, I, I don't know if Roman needs to be a heel or a face. I kind of like the fact that he's just in the middle. I th- would like to see him do a little bit more hillish stuff to kind of put his character in the gray. You think that he's in, you think that he's in the middle? I'd like to see him be in the middle. I, I'd, I'd, I'd like oh, to... I'd like to see him be in the middle, too. Do you, you think he's in the middle now? No. I think, that Roman I think he's straight face. Would, I think he's straight face. Yes. And he's and everybody hates him. Uh, it, but I so think, how would you? I think they're putting him with Seth because they they think that's the only way to get him any po- any positive reaction. They don't need to though. How would you? How would you make him? How would you make his character not so eye rolling, so hard to watch? Um. 
All right, you know, if 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 you were the WWE and you came to me and said, "All right, Dennis, what's your magic plan?" I would tell you first and foremost, let him take a beating. Let him take a beating week in and week out. Maybe not from a one-on-one situation, but from a two-on-one or a three-on-one. You just let him take a beating. And then, you know, you might you might throw him out there where, like, so, let's say um, Sasha's getting her butt kicked. And Charlotte comes out and beats her. And maybe Charlotte has a couple other lackeys come out and beat her. And he comes out. And then Charlotte's, you know... It, then they both take beatings. I think that's the only way to, to swerve him is have him come in and take a beating while trying to save somebody. Um, show that he's human. This the Superman punch thing's got to go. It, it's gotta. it's got to go. The and I think the wrong title for him to hold is the U.S. because it looks so small on him. Aesthetically, just looking at it. It just doesn't look right on such a big guy. Make the belt bigger or give him but, a bigger belt. But I think it's the way that he holds it because the belt didn't look small on John Cena. Uh, I thought the belt looked great on John Cena. John Cena. You can, and uh, go ahead. I, can I go off on the small John Cena ramp real quick? Just, just, sure. just a quick one. I like yeah. John Cena. I think john cena is a great character i would not be angry if john cena never turned heel i'm okay with that but Mm -hmm. but i am too but damn you john cena for doing the same thing the rock did and you just beat him for that week in and week out about going hollywood now you're gonna miss time to do movies now you're gonna do another movie here you are on snl when when's the last time you were on tv because now you're off doing Hollywood stuff, and you know what? F you, John Cena. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> F you for for doing the same thing that you hated The Rock and doing. Just right. Just because you're gone for two months doesn't justify it. You are now doing the same thing. You're officially a hypocrite in my eyes. I I agree, and I think that will be. When he comes back, well, I think AJ did that already a little bit, but I think that will be whenever John Cena does come back and he's there for six months or five months or whatever it is before he goes and does another movie, I think that will be his opponent's point. I th- and, and, and that'll be great. Because every good heel, every good heel, they, there's a hint of truth in what they're angry about. It's just the way they go about it that makes them a heel. So whatever the heel the heel that that he goes against when he comes back should say exactly what you just said. Should call him a part-timer and a hypocrite. And I think that that will be – I think that would be great, great stuff. Depending on who – you know, as long as the matchup is the right matchup. Do you, do you want to see John Cena take a turn? Or would you be okay if he stayed the face for the rest of his career? Say it one more time. Would Would you be upset if John? Would you be okay if John Cena became a hill? Or or are you okay if he stays a face for the? Rest? I don't want John. I want him to stay a face. I don't want John Cena to become a heel. I don't need. I don't think that John Cena. I don't think that John Cena could do what Hulk Hogan did. No. And I don't want to see John Cena do what Hulk Hogan did. 
I think I think John Cena being a heel would be as awkward as Bill Goldberg being a heel. As awkward as Sting being a heel. There's just some characters that just can't be a heel. Now, he can go to a dark place. He can get frustrated. And he can go to a dark place. And he could do some questionable things. Like versus Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Yeah. But in the end, always come back to be, you know, to being the baby face. Yeah. That's, 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 to me, that's the only way that John Cena can go. Is there a way that Roman Reigns, in, in, I think they need to push him one way or another. If the crowd keeps booing him, let him become a questionable source. I, I would be, I'd like to see him maybe turn on Seth Rollins because it seems like he forgave Seth Rollins pretty easy this time around where all of a sudden <laughs> they're, they're buddy, buddy. And Roman I, Reigns either needs to be a heel, which they're never going to do, or they need to put the shield back together. Because that's the only way that anybody's going to get behind him. No, and and I'm with you. They either they, it needs to be all three. They either need to put the shield back together, and then and let Roman get cheered by association, or they need to make him a heel. Unfortunately, I don't think they're going to do either one. So, I I am baffled, baffled by the way the WWE handles Roman Reigns. I don't know why they, why Roman Reigns has to be unbeatable, he has to be Superman, and he has to be a babyface. I don't, no matter how much the crowd rejects it, it's like, it's like Kevin Dunn or Vince McMahon or whoever it is in charge is saying, look, this is the way it is. I don't care what any buddy thinks it that would be like that would be like us doing this wrestling podcast and talking about basketball (laughs) and people going hey i really like it when you guys talk about wrestling i wish you would talk more wrestling and don't talk about college basketball and us keep on talking about college basketball and then people stop listening and they go look we're gonna stop listening if you don't talk about wrestling because we really want to hear you talk about wrestling and we go well, we really only want to talk about college basketball, so that's what we're going to talk about. But we'll still call it wrestling It just wrestling doesn't make podcast. any sense. He, yeah, yeah, but still call it wrestling podcast. Nobody, nobody, nobody likes this version of Roman Reigns. And I don't even think it's Roman Reigns' fault. I, I'm not blaming Roman Reigns. It would t- I'm blaming the creative. It's the steroids thing. People were still bitter about that. They loved him. I won't even say loved him, but they were kind of slowly getting back on his bandwagon before that steroid hit. It hit, and they booed him. Now, here here's another thought I had, and tell me if I'm if I'm wrong or maybe misreading this. If you were to book him versus Braun Strowman and have Braun just destroy him, almost like a almost like Brock Lesnar did the Cena, but. But instead of really a mounting offense back, you you know you would have Roman Reigns not really going down, like a stay down situation, and that he just puts such a beating, but he refuses to go down. Even he gets pinned and still tries to get up and beat down, and 
do you think that could be enough to turn him like, wow, you know, he got beat down, but man, he kept still trying to get up even at the end. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I, I, I could, I could see that. And I could see that being something that the fans that could change the fans minds, but I don't, I don't see, uh, I don't see any world where that's the booking. And I wouldn't be I upset. I don't see any world where that's I, the booking. I think Braun Strowman. I think Braun Strowman would be the guy to have to do that. You make Braun Strowman look good. You put a belt on him, and at the same time, you still make Roman Reigns look good because he just got his butt kicked. But you know what? He he refused to quit, and people would have to yeah. respect that. That would not be a very good match, though, because both of those guys need somebody to call the match to pull the match through. I, I, but I agree. I, I understand, and I think that that could work. I just don't see any. I don't see any planet where that happens on. And I'm glad you brought up Ron Strowman because you just made another a point that I uh, <laughs> meant to make earlier about the about the world champion about how badly Kevin Owens is booked on Raw last week. Mick Foley deemed Braun Strowman. So dangerous that he couldn't put Sami Zayn in the ring with him because Sami Zayn's uh, health would be at risk in the ring with Braun Strowman. So to keep that from happening, he put him in the ring with the Universal Champion because that's safer than putting him in the ring with Braun Strowman. That makes Kevin Owens look terrible. And again... If I can see that, how can they not see that? If if it's so obvious to me that that's bad booking, that that is that is bad creative, that that's hurting people, it's not helping anyone. It's only hurting people, and I, that's one of that's another part of what's so frustrating about Raw to me is because if I can see that, how can they not see that? You know, I. What do you think? Here's where I slightly disagree because Zayn and Owens has history. They they shoved their history down our throats. I don't know why you would. I'll go a different angle, but agree with you. I don't know why you would reward Sami Zayn with being in the same ring with the Universal Champion, whether it's a championship match or not after Braun Strowman just destroyed him. Now, Braun should be should have been in the ring with him. Uh Braun should have been challenged, but instead you rewarded Sami Zayn. And it, look, I would have I would have I would have bought into it if 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 uh Mick Foley came out and said, "Look, I want to apologize to you Sami for putting you in that situation. I didn't want to." Uh, as as my token of I'm sorry, good faith. Here's a shot at the championship. I I'd have been like, all right, you know what? That's that's a very Mick Foley thing to do. But we didn't even get that. Right, right. Ugh. Yeah, I I I I just think a lot of it is very frustrating. Um, I feel like we've gone on about as long as we should on this type of podcast. I, I so, think you're right. Um, Let's get some. Uh, let's get. Let's let's do a, a couple of quick final thoughts. Um, 
Mine would be, I, I spent a lot of time complaining about Raw um, and some of the things in the WWE, but I will say this. The overall state of wrestling right now is not perfect, but it's also not terrible. State of the WWE. I, th- I think the future is bright for both brands. I think that they will figure things out. I think that they are correcting some of the issues. We're hearing that there's not going to be nearly as many pay-per-views next year as there were this year. Thank God. Although, although I don't mind them, I think, as much as you do. I do agree that there's too many. But I don't mind having the brand specific pay-per-views uh, and and then every now and then having the joint pay-per-views. Um, I feel like there's too many right now, but I don't think that there's way too many. I think that they could trim just a few and then things would be, would be really good. They, they need to not have situations like they have recently where there's pay-per-views every other week. That's too much. Mm. But if you have if you if you have a, a situation where there's one every three or four weeks, at least every four weeks, I, I have I have way less of a problem with it. Um, so all that complaining aside, there's still more good than bad happening right now. I think they have a tremendous opportunity with some of the people that are going to be coming up from NXT. I think that they have some unbelievable talent down there and Asuka and Samoa Joe and Shinsuke Nakamura. Gosh, I love that freaking guy. Oh yeah. Um, Emma Lena, Emma, that I, I'm, I'm terrified of this character because I thought evil Emma, the last Emma was a great character mm-hmm. and I don't understand why they're screwing with it, but Emma is a great wrestler. So she and and eventually they're going to have to let Bailey into the main event picture. They're going to have to start using her on a on a better level. So that's going to get better eventually. Um, I I love, I really do. I really like SmackDown. I just want them. I, I completely agree with you about James Ellsworth. But if Ellsworth wasn't in the position that he was, I'd have very little to complain about SmackDown except for that they. They just don't have as much to work with. Uh, I'm a. I think that Alexa Bliss is great. Um, the only thing. Uh, the only thing that's hard to take. The only thing that's hard to believe about Alexa Bliss is just because she's so little that you just have to suspend your disbelief a little bit more than usual to understand that she would be at the very. You know, she would be the champion. But she's so good on the microphone. She's so much improved in the ring. Uh, She's she's great. She's great. Becky's great. Nikki's better than I think she's ever been. Natalia's great in the ring. I, I'm not a big fan of her character right now, but she can be you know she can be a, a, a really solid hand in the um, in the women's division. Carmella's getting better. There's there's a lot of bright spots as you look around the WWE. So um, there's a lot to fix, but there's still a lot of good. And I'm still way more optimistic about the WWE's future than I am pessimistic at this time. Uh, what do you What do you think? I'll say this: um, the Emma thing. I'm a little bit scared because 
they're bringing her back as a supermodel. And isn't that everything that they tried to get away from, from changing yeah. up from the yeah. diva and this? Yeah. And now yeah, all, I agree. I'm scared too. I, now all of a I'm sudden, I'm happy that Emma's coming back, but I'm scared of her, of her new character. Right. Now all of a sudden they're introducing another one of those girls. Uh, so that scares me, but I think I have a way to fix this and you may not agree with me, but this will be the simplified version. You need to bring in, uh, I guess, what what would you call it? The 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 Balor Club or the Bullet Club? You need to bring, you need to bring them together finally, but you need to bring them together in a way where uh, AJ Styles is, has a fixed contract. You you he can't switch brands, but a couple of the guys could float back and forth. Thus giving this Balor Club or the Bullet Club this all-reaching, ominous feel over both brands and build them up as the NWO, since they're clearly an NWO ripoff. And they've even asked Scott Hall to use the too sweet and the, 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 the finger thing. I, and I'm okay with that. Don't get me wrong. But I really think you need to build this up into a brand that 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 reaches both ways, you know? And I think you would start to fix a lot of things with more stables. And I, there's a name I didn't even think I didn't even mention, uh, Balor. Um, you know he's he's amazing. I can't wait for his return. He's mm-hmm. he's great. So there's another there's another bright spot on the horizon. Um, they need to do something with the club. So I'd be fine with them, you know, doing something with them. I do. I, I agree with you about factions. I, I think that, um, I think that they have an opportunity to do some really cool things with, with factions. I don't want to see a full repeat of DX and NWO or anything like that. I don't want to, you know, I don't want any, I don't want them to be copycats, but, um, but yeah, I think that there's a really good, I think there's some, I think there's, there's some really good opportunities as far as that's concerned as well. Tony, we put on a show tonight. We left it all out on the field. <laughs> and we didn't even get it was it, it was good. These it, are great. It, we, this is a fun discussion. I'm glad that I'm glad that we did this. I'm glad that we um decided to have this type of show. I'm glad that we're this that we've decided to make this a, a sort of regular thing because this is a good this is a good palate cleanser. It's a it's a good just touching base with everything and and just talking about where we our feelings are with the overall product of wrestling right now. I'm gonna let you wrap this up. And before I do that, I'm just gonna remind folks that if you want to follow me, you can do so on Twitter. That's the best way to do it. At Tony Colombo971, all O's in Colombo at Tony Colombo971. Also, you can go to the website, 971talk.com slash Columbo, 971talk.com slash Columbo. That's where you can go and you can find um, everything about Smack Talk Live. You can find our different podcasts, our countdown lists that we call the tens, our reviews, and uh, all of the shows that even the ones that I'm not on, which Dennis has done some uh, some really good ones here lately, uh, mm-hmm. reviewing old classic pay-per-views and other stuff. So make sure you're checking that stuff out. You can find us just about, and you can find us in all different places that, uh, where podcasts are. So any way that you find smack talk live, we certainly, 
appreciate it. And uh, Dennis, I'll let you take us home. Yep. Stitcher, iTunes, you can take the podcast with you wherever you go. We have a, a was a Smack Talk Live Facebook page now. I just put that one together where there's the link, by the way, to the 971.com uh, backslash Columbo. Where you, that's that's where we eventually want to send everybody to. We're working on a way to get the audio up there and all that stuff, but that that's stuff you don't even need to worry about. But if you're a Facebook person, you're not so much a Twitter, we have it set up to where your opinions can be heard. You guys can drive the shows. This isn't just Tony and me sitting here talking at you guys. This is eventually going to grow into a community. We're going to set up ways where you guys can leave us voicemails and we can listen and interact with you guys. It's, a lot of the podcasts out there are listen to us talk and talk down to you. And we want you to be part of this greater community that we're trying to build here. I mean, it, it really is if you listen to a lot of wrestling podcasts. It's look how smart I am. I, I, watch, I absolutely agree with you. I, I, if I had a dollar for every time I heard like a host talk about, I watched Macho Man Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan. So did I. It doesn't make me any more of a wrestling nut or a fan than the guy who do, didn't come along with wrestling until the Attitude Era. And between <laughs> you and I, I didn't even watch any of the Attitude Era. I was a strictly WCW guy. Everything I watched, I had to go back on YouTube when, you know, after WCW collapsed on itself. I went back on YouTube and watched every single Attitude Era thing. Then I watched the network, and I'm... And there's still so much Attitude Era stuff I, I'm still learning about. And I'm excited and happy about it, but I, but it doesn't make anybody more of a wrestling fan than anybody else. My other rant. <laughs> so <laughs> It's all right. <laughs> but So we're not talking down to you. Look, we're, we're not industry insiders. We're not experts. We're fans talking to fans. That's all we want to be. And that's all we want to come across to you guys as. So uh, be part of the community, follow Tony Colombo on Twitter, go over to our Twitter fan or Facebook fan page and be a fan of it where you can get the links in the podcast and be part of the discussion and drive the shows. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Dennis seven, seven feral. And uh, listen, this is still a baby and new and growing. And uh, this is the time where you want to be here and help shape this to something that you guys want to listen to. And Tony, I'm glad that you're doing this with me. Oh, I'm so excited to be doing this. I, I, this is great. And I, what you just said, summed it up perfectly. We are wrestling fans talking to wrestling fans. And if there's only 10 fans that want to listen and, and talk with us, that's completely fine with us. If there's thousands of fans that want to talk to us, that's great too. We just, we, you and I talk wrestling already, so we just wanted to expand the conversation to anybody that wants to be a part of it. And it's just wrestling fans talking about wrestling. And we've got some really cool guests coming up um, that will expand the conversation even further. So, you know, if you like what you're hearing, things are only going to get better. Things are we're, – we're still tweaking a lot of things, but I think we're on the right track. And it's just really cool to be able to take some time out and have a larger conversation about wrestling than you're able to do, um, you know, just in a one-on-one -on -one situation. So that's what this is all about. And we appreciate anybody who is here with us. 
All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Tony, send them home. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to another edition of Smack Talk Live. Keep an eye on the website and the Facebook page and our Twitter accounts and everywhere else that you listen to us or follow us because we will have more content for you coming very soon. That wraps up this one, the State of Wrestling, December 2016. Uh, we will see you next time, the next episode of Smack Talk Live. Thanks, guys.